Critical Frames is a bite-sized gaming news podcast bringing you consistent updates on the latest hot-button topics in the games industry. If you'd like to support our work, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash critical frames. Hello and welcome to the premiere episode of Critical Frames, a bite-sized gaming news podcast. I am your host, Joe Smalley, and with me today is my mate, my chum, my buddy, my pal, Brian Arvett. How you doing, Brian? Doing good, doing very good. You you having the, the voice you do is very good for intros. It makes it seem like more official and, and smart, you educated. Think? The, the, yeah. British, the British dialect is coming yeah, through? Yeah, so it's, I'm glad you're bringing us in. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, so let me just go through the itinerary for today's episode. Okay. Basically, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to do a what we've been playing section, and then we're going to rattle through all the big news over the weekend. So we've got Cyberpunk 2077, we've got a Nintendo Direct, and we've got the Sony State of Play to cover. And so the first thing, let's, let's kick off with the first thing, what we've been playing. Brian, okay. take us out. Well, I've been playing Starfield like uh, a lot of people have been playing recently, and uh, I've actually I'm actually done with the game already, which wow. is probably going to sound silly to most people. I put 61 hours in. I beat all of the main factions, main story. Uh, really enjoyed the game. Had a blast with it, but I just kind of feel like it's like I'm done already. Like, and that's not like me trying trying to be done. That's not me saying there's necessarily a problem with the game. It's just, I mean, 60 hours, right? I mean, like. For gamers, 60 hours seems like nothing, but I think if you talk to a normal person, 60 hours in one game, I mean, that's that's quite a bit of time. So I, mm. I feel like I got, and I'm going to replay that game over the years. So I mean, I got my money's worth. It was a great time, but uh, I know many others out there will be playing it for months or years on end, modding and doing all that. But uh, great game. I mean, not, not my game of the year, um, but mm. it definitely proved to be, I mean, it was as good as I needed it to be. That's what mm -hmm. I'll say. You're playing the same thing, right, Joe? Yeah, playing the same thing. Nowhere near as far along as you. Uh, I think I've got about maybe 20 hours in the game. Um, I really love the game. I think it's a. I think it is a brilliant game. I think it's like a solid eight out of ten. I just find it doesn't really kind of capture light in a bottle, kind of like how Skyrim did, yeah. and and even Oblivion and fallout new well fallout new vegas is obviously not bgs but uh, fallout 3 and stuff to to a larger extent but <clears throat> i do thoroughly enjoy it i just don't find myself like wanting to get back to the yeah. to the the loop like it's kind of a game that i put on and when i'm playing it i'm loving it but then when i leave it i'm not like oh i've got to you know i'm not thirsting for starfield um yeah. which is a shame because bethesda have always been even though this their their parts of their game has never been uh i would say the best like they don't excel in any one area necessarily but yeah. the the overall package is always something that is truly innovative when it all comes together um and i just think starfield hasn't has not quite hit that same mark um but yeah i am enjoying it that's what i'm playing at the moment um i've also been dabbling in some far cry 6 uh every mm, so often okay. um that is actually much better in my opinion than far cry 5 um, I'm finding it very enthralling uh, with the amount of chaos you can you can uh, sort of throw over the entire yeah. entirety of all the islands. But um, yeah, so I've I've just been taking it slow, really, with Starfield and and enjoying it. But see, I'm I'm kind of similar but opposite with Starfield because I'm similar in the sense that like it doesn't feel like lightning in the bottle. Mm. But up until I was done, which you know was was just this Friday, 
I was thinking about the game a lot, yeah. but for me, it was because I know Bethesda games so well, and I'm like, yeah. got to do the main quest, the factions, the factions, the factions, the companion quests, I'm done. Yes. So it just, the negative there for me was I knew exactly what a Bethesda game was, and I was trying to trudge through it, and that's it. And I feel like mm. there's some people out there like, well, Brian, that's not how you're supposed to play the game. You're supposed to wander around aimlessly and whatnot, whatever, but I don't think there's a wrong way to play Bethesda games. I think that's the yeah. point. There's multiple ways. And then also, mm. Starfield is lacking in the typical Bethesda exploration. So it's even harder to kind of get into that the same way that you would in their prior titles. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, good I, game. I mean, good game all, all together. Yeah, one thing I will say quickly on that is that I definitely agree in the sense that I was playing it very much like No Man's Sky for the first like two sessions mm -hmm. I was playing. And the second session in particular, I must have spent like an hour and a half on one planet just wandering around, seeing if yeah. this these uh I mean they are, they're small encapsulated little zones on a planet that you can kind of warp to, teleport to, land on per se. Um and every time I like when I was running around, I was just trying to survey this planet and just not really having a great time doing it. And then as I've kind of learned kind of what Bethesda want you to do is stay on the narrative quest lines much mm -hmm. more so and stick to those activities and side quests and the the planet side of everything is a little bit more uh kind of like just your tertiary things you know not maybe not even your tertiary maybe even further down the the priority than that you know so yeah, yeah. uh it's it just has a different flow than than any other than any other Bethesda game I've ever played and I think that's what's kind of hitching a lot of people uh when yeah they, I, when think, they I think I think to go in one direction and see what happens yeah more applies to the Starfield map yes than it does the world itself yeah you know the the, the planets are the new places in the distance that who knows what's there the planet but being on the planet is more like kind of mundane yeah so. yeah but but anyway, yeah let's go over the uh, news joe yeah yeah enough yeah. about starfield <laughs> enough about starfield that's old news um old news. so the first thing today is uh cyberpunk 2077 and the uh phantom liberty uh sort of they had a couple of trailers and more information that was released on friday uh, around the time of the nintendo direct actually um and it looked absolutely awesome. So I'm going to go over a couple of, well, all the things that was kind of revealed um, okay. and just kind of whistle stop through those. So there is obviously a new district, Dogtown, which looks absolutely awesome. It's more it's more kind of dark and derelict and abandoned and raw than I would say Night City is, which I'm very, very uh, excited to, to kind of get into because I did really enjoy Cyberpunk 2077. Um, they increased the level cap to level 60. Uh, there's new, obviously new storyline and characters, new story quests, gigs, boss fights, endless dynamic events, vehicle missions, and airdrops. So I assume this is kind of akin to your kind of radiant, uh, I don't know, radiant AI quest, AI from, quest Bethesda. from Bethesda. Yeah, yeah stuff like yeah. that. Um, there's a new relic skill tree and abilities, vehicle missile launchers, a hundred plus new items, weapons, cyberware, vehicles, and fashion items as well as Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 updates. So not only are you getting the DLC with this this uh, update, but you're also getting the uh, the actual like sort of overhaul of the and that sort part's of game. Free. And that yeah. part is free, yeah. yeah. So you you have to pay for the expansion, but the 2.0 update is completely completely free of charge. So you've got a redesigned skill tree and perks. You've got revamped cyberware and new capacity system. You've got vehicle combat and car chasers, which is really interesting. Combat AI improvements, which is du duly needed because they're a bit, you know, dumb, dumb. Uh, yeah. New police system, UI and UX improvements, loot items and crafting changes, new radio stations. The way I describe this is it's very much a new game. 
uh yeah in a lot of ways or it's at least the game we should have got at launch in a lot of ways that's you know? what it feels like um the release of this is on the uh september 26 2023 uh the dlc price point will be 30 us dollars on its own however if you haven't got the base game if you want it with the expansion it is 80 us dollars so uh with all that being said brian what do you what do you think well I, like on one hand i'm excited for the 2.0 update making it much more in line with what we thought that game was going to be and it's it's free and it's like gives me a reason to return to the game on top of the expansion but i kind of hate the precedent that's that's being set here where it's like i mean what they released on launch was arguably a, a game that was so broken it sh it wasn't even yeah. it, it wasn't even arguably working like i did play through it mm -hmm. i kind of got lucky um but it shouldn't have been really released and then it's been patched numerous times since it came out and then now we're talking three years later almost we're right it was 2020 it came out is that 20, yeah 2020 yeah so almost three years later we're getting like what seems like the rest of development that mm -hmm. they should have done before it released so yeah. i kind of hate the precedent a lot of times in the gaming industry something new will happen one or two times and you don't want to you don't want to become a conspiracy theorist and jump the gun but you also start to see trends starting that freak you out like um like paying extra money to get Starfield five mm. days, six days early. That kind of seems like, I mean, it was such a success. I mean, it's, do, it's been done before, but I feel like that might be a thing where five, 10 years, or maybe even sooner, every single game that comes out is going to have an early access where you pay more money. And I hate that because, I mean, obviously gamers have the right to not be so impatient, but they know their audience, mm. especially if it's an anticipated game, they're just going to, they're just gonna milk us for money for a few more days. It just feels like, come on, just release the game all together on that date. Yeah. Um, so, it, but so that's one example. This is another example where Cyberpunk feels like a game that was able to come out the door, stumble, fall on its face, but get enough sales to be successful, and then they finish the game later. So, TLDR is don't like this, uh, you know, this precedent. But at the same time, I have a feeling if I started a new character with this update and with the DLC, yeah, that's going to be an amazing time. And it's funny because yeah. like, I remember back when, before Cyberpunk came out, I thought, is this going to be like a, a Cyberpunk Bethesda type game, like a Cyberpunk punk style Bethesda mm. game? Yeah. But then I played it and I'm like, ah, oh, this is really undercooked and it's not like Bethesda. But I could actually see with some of the strengths that Cyberpunk had at launch, combined with these updates and the expansion, mm. like this could be something that kind of low key outclasses like something like starfield that just came out i mm -hmm. don't think because of the newness that'll necessarily be the truth on a wide scale yeah but i could see a lot of people like months from now going like cyberpunk was the game in september and that, yeah. that'll be that'll be interesting what do you think joe i think that this has the potential of really revitalizing the game at least on yeah. the standards of like kind of streamer numbers and people streaming it Oh, yeah. uh you know all it takes is like shroud or summit 1g or someone to like kind of boot back into it and be like yep. this is phenomenal now and it's kind of like getting me hyped because even though i've obviously already beat the game of cyberpunk and granted i beat it like way after launch uh on the ps5 mm. edition i think i beat it like last year or something and so it was mostly fixed up by then. it was mostly fixed up so my overall uh thoughts on cyberpunk as and when i played it was like a solid eight out of ten kind of just like starfield but obviously ranked lower than a 10 for different reasons and that's that's where i was eight out of yeah 10 when i played it yeah and 
I just take I just took some of the it, more more issues less with the bugs because I did obviously experience little bugs, but I I took a lot of issue with uh kind of like how short the narrative was and stuff. <laughs> it didn't give a lot of time for the characters to breathe, whether it was you romance like the people you chose to romance or the factions you were with. It, like you could complete that that main narrative, I feel like in like twenty to twenty five hours, and I feel like it needed it to be longer. Shallow at times. Yeah, like a lot of the characters just they they kind of just leave you and then you're kind of like oh we were doing this oh okay hello you know and all this yeah. stuff and it, it felt very disconnected in a lot of ways um going between the missions and getting distracted it had a little bit of a open world dissonance kind of like how fallout 4 yeah. did with the whole like you know wandering around and then oh i've got a i've got a child to save kind of thing you know um yeah that's a good comparison actually yeah funny funnily enough i would give fallout 4 an 8 out of 10 like, yeah very much like those games kind of came out and like oh these are good but like they don't really stick with me for long yeah yeah um, but no, I'm I'm very excited. I mean, the fact that it's thirty US dollars just on its own, uh, the expansion, and from what I've heard from people that have play tested a little bit of it and uh, are involved with the project and stuff, um, obviously you have to take their word with a pinch of salt. But yeah. it's it's what you would expect from a CD Project Red expansion, which is pretty exciting to me That's because good. as someone who absolutely adores The Witcher Three. Um, yeah. Like those DLCs, even um, Hearts of Stone. I'm not even talking about uh, Blood and Wine here, which is, I would say, the best DLC ever made. Um, yeah, that the Hearts of Stone one is like absolutely incredible. Um, some of the best writing I've ever seen in a video game to date. Uh, so if it's anything like either of those two DLCs, I am very excited. Plus, like I said, you have the yeah. 2.0 Cyberpunk. You know, so yeah. originally I was just gonna go do the expansion. And with my already pre-built character on the PlayStation 5, but I'm tempted to like get it on the PC, maybe get a couple of mods maybe or something and yeah. do a whole different build of character, start from the start and 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 go at it, you know? So it almost it almost begs a question, like this would this would have to be this could be like the topic of a whole other episode, but it's like when that 2.0 update comes out, you almost feel like the game could be re-reviewed again and arrive at a totally different score, but like you don't want to yeah. Yeah. replace the scores it got at launch because it deserves those scores. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I, don't know, I think it's cool they got. I think it's cool they got Idris Elba. It's like, hey, who yeah, else yeah, can yeah. we get since we already got Keanu Reeves? Yeah, so they get Idris Elba, and I think um, it'll be a fun time. Mm, yeah, one one thing that is kind of a weird thing for me is how <clears throat> they decided to set it. Um, I know they wanted to kind of obviously keep V and everything and and do like a continuation story per se, but it's as far as I'm aware in terms of the narrative where it's set, it is set uh before the end of cyberpunk 2077 okay i didn't even know that. as far as i'm aware i could be wrong on that but everything that you know i can't see it not being after i can't see it being after especially if you take certain uh campaign sort of uh decisions at the end because s some of them have you uh spoilers for this but leaving yeah. leaving night city um and you know all the way to stuff that i won't say because they are big spoilers but you can't it's it's going to be hard for certain uh playthroughs to kind of con like be congruent with everything that's going on you know um and where it's set in, in the in the timeline but yeah I know when i finished cyberpunk and i got my ending mm. which included me being in space that's all i'll say okay yeah um i remember thinking the ending seemed like it should be profound like it was yeah. it was almost there yeah. but it, something just didn't quite tick for me it was i it was cool though. i was the same way i enjoyed the ending i enjoyed the story but i genuinely think it's due to the fact that it just wasn't enough the, the tenure wasn't there for the story mm -hmm. you need time you know in these worlds you need a 
a large amount of time to truly uh, build everything, especially when you've got so many interwoven characters and and factions and everything. And if you just if it, the 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 strongest thing when it comes to like writing characters and stuff is time. Like you need that time with characters, um, and if you don't have it, then you fundamentally struggle from the get go. Um, I think their ambitions for Cyberpunk was just more than they really knew. Like yeah. like I. I think I think it was a podcast with Josh. I, I talked about how um, Cyberpunk, when they were making that game, there was this this thought in CD Projekt Red that hey, we made The Witcher, so we can do anything. Yeah, but yeah. It still requires the work. Yeah, you know? it was it was a little bit. Uh, I, I think they what like the ambition definitely got to them. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited for this for this DLC for this revamp. It'll definitely be another playthrough on the cards for me. So um, I'm very excited. Anything more to say on on Cyberpunk? No, I think it's gonna. I think it'll end up having a legacy. I think there'll probably be a next gen again mm. version yeah. of this with all the content yeah. in the future, and like this will just be looked on, yeah. looked back on as a. I don't know. It sucks to. On one hand, it sucks to see them benefit when they launched something that they shouldn't have, and then they also. I remember they came out and blamed the QA team mm. uh, when the when the game. Yeah, first yeah, that was, that was real but, lame. Uh, um, but it's getting its due diligence to be a good game now, so that's that's the silver lining. Yeah, I'm, I can see Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven being the triple uh, A No Man's Sky. Oh yeah, like okay. it, obviously yeah, not sure. in terms of genre and gameplay, but yeah. like in terms of just the the track record of it. You know, everyone's gonna. It's go... crazy how perception can be changed because I literally used to look at No Man's Sky and yeah. think, piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played it a lot. Now. Uh. Yeah, and now if I see No Man's Sky, I think, wow, that is a good game. Yeah. And it's not because I'm trying to change the narrative. My brain just recognizes uh, it now as not crap. Yeah, so yeah. that'll be cyberpunk. That'll All right, take, cyberpunk. take us forward, Joe. Yeah, forward. so uh, now let's get into the largest portion of, of this episode, which is uh, covering the Nintendo Direct on Friday, which was the uh, 15th. Um, I was pretty impressed by it overall. Uh but uh, what, what did you think overall? Just a quick summary of your thoughts. Yeah, I think uh, I think I would say I was impressed with it. Not not as much for me as I would want, but Nintendo's been delivering a lot of good stuff here. And mm. Like this is the end of the Switch's life and they keep kind of dropping bangers. Yeah, so. yeah, it's pretty crazy it's how awesome. they've been able to stretch out their hardware all, all this all this time. And they're kind of doing what people have been, and you're going to get to this, but like what people have been asking for a long time is we want a lot of these GameCube games that they're just mm. not there. Yeah. They're starting to just bring them back and yeah. they're bringing back good ones. So yeah, we already got Metroid prime and, and mm. we got some more stuff. We got Pikmin earlier in the year. We got yeah. something else announced here, but you go ahead and take us forward. Joe. Yeah. So we'll go through in a, uh, in sort of reveal order per se, just for the sake of uh, consistency here. So okay. the first thing that was revealed was a uh, Splatoon threes expansion pass wave two uh, subtitle side order um it's essentially it looks almost kind of like a dungeon crawler style with levels and risk reward elements to it um it's pv styled for me it wasn't exactly eye-catching just because i've never played a splatoon game and i want to preface this entire coverage with saying i am not a dedicated nintendo gamer i am very detached from their brand i think even comparatively to brian um, so a lot of what Brian will say will probably hold a lot more weight to the Nintendo gamer and he'll have probably more knowledge on it, but mm. that's why I'll definitely pass over to Brian. But um, from what I can gather with this DLC is it's planned to be highly replayable and the release of it is in spring 2024. So we've not exactly got a, a, a dedicated release yet, but Brian, what did you think to this? Um, I mean, Splatoon is huge. Yeah. This, this is a game that's never interested me, but 
for kids that have been growing up for the last I don't, roughly 10 years ish. Mm-hmm. Um, this has just been another Nintendo IP and one that, I mean, it's not just kids who love it, but one yeah. that kids have grown up with and love like Mario and everything else. Um, and it's very popular. So I think this expansion is probably, I mean, it's probably really good news. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a significant uh, amount and Nintendo's got a different thing going on with how they run switch online. Like, yeah, is this, I can't remember. Like I got the vibe. This would be something that's included with the switch online pass. Did they say that? I don't remember uh, if they said that or not, but I didn't catch that. No. Okay. It might be, it might just be paid, but like yeah. there, you see them like Nintendo's taking these games mm. that have been running forever, like Mario. Yeah. They're putting out all those new tracks. for yes. Mario. They're putting out this expansion for Splatoon mm-hmm. three. Like, I mean, I kind of like it. It kind of fits like my narrative of what I want for games. Like, if there's a game I already like, yeah, keep developing stuff for it. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't need you to scrap it and and start over. Like Mario Kart eight eight on the Wii U was great, and it's even better because they they kept doing it on the Switch. Um, so yeah, no, I think this is good. I mean, I don't have any interest in Splatoon, but I mean, that's no, me neither. No, me yeah. me neither. But I have friends who who love Splatoon, and and I know it is a very solid uh yeah. third person pvp and pve shooter now um so yeah splatoon 3 expansion pass wave 2 side order spring 2024 um onto the next one which was pretty nice to see mario versus donkey kong <clears throat> um game boy advance like homage game i would say um paying yeah. credence to the past uh mixed in cg sort of trailer elements with the gameplay sort of a uh, more traditional style mini game platformer i would say uh and it's essentially like the whole gameplay loop boils down to a very simplistic way of kind of reaching the uh, the MacGuffin key um, to fit it into the keyhole to advance, basically. Um, uh, it looks like a very solid release. Pre-orders begin, well, began on Friday, uh, and the release is February 16th, 2024. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have much to say about this one. I'm, I'm sure people will be excited about it. I've never liked these games personally, like the Grand GBA ones, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And I know I did I did see a non-insignificant amount of people who were like, where's the new Donkey Kong game? It's been 10 years since Tropical Freeze. Yeah. Um, but no, it's another good one. I mean, the fact that you're getting like Nintendo IP quality titles on the Switch and it's, what is, let's see, what year is it? It's uh, sixth year? Yeah, it's it's mm. getting close to it starting mm. its seventh year. Was it, was it 2016 so. when it released the Switch? No, it was 2017. 2017, was yeah. February or March. Yeah, I always get like Nintendo like console releases like muddled up because they always release in weird times. They don't follow yeah. the, the, the Xbox no. Sony thing, which they, is good for them because they march it, to the beat of their own drum. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, I mean, they're a generational uh, platform and they always have been and they make their own rules, you know, um, yep. whether you like them for that or not. So, but yeah, Mario vs. Donkey Kong release February 16th, 2024. Pre orders now live. Then we get on to a title which I look, I thought was pretty cool looking, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, which mm. is a uh, yeah. neat looking uh, 2D action side-scrolling game. Uh, looks like a solid release. Um, art style, for me, leaves something to be desired, I would say. Uh, it's very kind of, I don't know, run-of-the-mill so shady in a lot of ways. It kind of looks like... And not that the production quality isn't great. It kind of gives you like indie game vibes, even though it's not an indie yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it looks like the perfect kind of game for Switch. I know this is coming to not just Switch, but like this yeah. will be a game people pick up on their Switch. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's just kind of a weird place Prince of Persia's in because like basically once Assassin's Creed came out, that series got pushed in the back. Yep. And then they announced that that uh, remake that they then scrapped and restarted. Yep. And now we get this kind of side spinoff thing, but there's kind of no main yeah. thing yeah. for Prince of Persia. So I think 
for Prince of Persia fans, it might be kind of sad to see like where the franchise has gone, but like just as a game, it looks like it looks like a good time. Mm. It's it kind of reminded me the way you just said that about kind of like the main line kind of falling by the wayside and the side stuff taking up like the kind of mantle. It's reminding me of Halo a little bit. Oh man. <laughs> I, I knew could we make one episode without bringing up Halo? There's just no way. There's no way, but I, I'm sorry. You got the comics, you got the cooking books. Like, you'll be like, but Brian, you don't understand. Uh, in, in this Halo game, spinoff game, you get to meet this guy who was in the, the Blah Blah War. Like, I don't care. I want a, I want a standard full-on Halo game. I don't, I don't want to play Spartan Strike on my Nokia Microsoft phone. We got about 24 and a half minutes into the episode, guys, and then... That's always... it. That's all critical frames made without Halo. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. I think it looks like a solid release. If I had more time to approach this and play it, I think I would definitely give it a go because the gameplay side of it actually looks really solid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Switch release January eighteenth, twenty twenty four. So then we move on to a game. I mean, the predecessor I played, uh, which I found very interesting and very uh, <laughs> headache inducing. But Horizon Chase Two. Uh, by Aqu- I don't know how you say this, Aquarius, Aquarius Game Studio. Hmm. It makes me want to say Aquarius, but it's not. Um, Aquarius yeah. Game Studio. It's a fast arcade racing fun game. It's definitely not for me for the reason I just gave because it's very intense. Um, it's I've harkening. Never heard of this yeah, yeah. It's harkening back to kind of the arcade days of you know those races, but um, that's released right now, so you can pick it up. Okay. Yeah. Anything I mean, to hey. say on it? Not really. I mean, I don't. I don't Nintendo. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like Nintendo, they release little stuff and big stuff. They kind of they kind of release like all three layers, like yeah, small, yeah. medium, large, like quality releases. And the one thing I got to give Nintendo credit for is they always seem so damn excited about it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like Microsoft or or Sony, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But Microsoft or Sony, they'll be like. Um, you know, next gen graphics and blah 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 teraflops and everything. Yeah. But then Nintendo will be like, "What's that? Is that a is that a car I see on the screen? Mm. It's a shiny red. Yeah, and you can drive it today." And then <laughs> and it's just like, "Okay, you know what?" So no, I don't really care about it. But hey, I'm not going to hate on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as I'm aware, just to clarify, I I don't think it is a Switch exclusive. I'm just looking it up now because we're so okay. professional on this. No, it's definitely not. It's on a PlayStation Five, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, wi- uh, Windows, iOS, in fact, and mm. uh, Nintendo Switch. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a multi-platform title. Um, but I know what you mean. That that mentality uh, of Nintendo is, is certainly something that's just resonated throughout the entire thing. You know, they they can release yeah. like. I don't know Mario painting a wall and then watching it dry, and they'd be like, "This is brilliant! You should buy yeah, it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whereas you've like painted in games before, but have you watched it dry? <laughs> yeah. yeah, whereas like you've got Big Philly on stage who just kind of like. I think there's to... just a sentiment. Yeah, I think there's just a sentiment that Nintendo's a big kid out there. Like, yeah. There's no. Yeah. Like they can't be embarrassed. They yeah. just have no like. But they're not children either. No. They're like very like old mature men, but like yeah. they act like. I don't know. They can they can get away with this more. Like if yeah. Foam Stars had been shown off at Nintendo, mm. it probably wouldn't have got much crap. No, aside from the because fact that we've already so- got that as Splatoon. It's called Splatoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Horizon Chase 2 available now on the Nintendo Switch. Then we've got Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, which is arguably, I would say, the worst yeah. name I've ever heard from a game in ever. I don't know. Liza P just came out. Uh, I don't know. This this one is literally just like 
three adjectives compounded with super, and you. I'm sorry. <laughs> nothing. Nothing will be worse than Liza P for Liza P. You, you don't like that name. You can get a P organ in that game. <laughs> That's literally something you can get. So, I have not yeah, seen anything on Liza P. This is uh, Liza P. Looks good, by the way. Just a terrible title. But now this game that you're talking about, Super Rhythm Catastrophe, whatever. Don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if I'm being yeah. fair, not to hate on it, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to kind of look at the specifics, it's a music rhythm game. It's got versus, local, or online four-player modes, which is pretty neat. Music from iconic Konami games such as Beatmania, Castlevania, and Gradius. Um, however, there's no uh, Metal Gear Solid in this that I saw, so uh, I was a bit, I was a bit annoyed by that. Yeah. Um, you you could have got a sale right there, Konami. Um, <laughs> Uh, the pre-orders are live, and the release is November the fourteenth, twenty twenty-three. So, yeah, definitely too many uh, games. Here, man. Too many games, yeah. uh, don't I feel it as well? Um, I don't know how. Hmm. I feel like these these sales of these games have to cannibalize each other in some way. So I don't. Yeah, these, I don't I know think, what's going on but, with the industry right now. It's too too much, too much, dude. But they must they must uh, have done the math and and seen that releasing these games next to other games is mm. still better than pushing them to next year. But plus, who knows what? Honestly, I mean, we don't really know for sure yet. But with what happened in twenty twenty, um, there's a decent chance twenty twenty four could be booked. Like yeah. I doubt twenty twenty four will be like twenty twenty three. But I mean, I already know of several big games coming out next year. So this could just be it could be one of those things where it's like if we push the game back further, we're just going to be caught between somebody else. So we might as well just yeah get the money now instead of sitting on it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a uh, super crazy rhythm castle game released November the 14th, 2023. Then we move on to Spy X Anya, Operation Memories by Bandai Namco, which, is, which will be released in 2024. I'll be honest, when I was watching this, I have zero notes in terms of how to describe it. Is this, what's it called? Spy X Anya, Operation Memories. Is, is this based off of uh, anime? I mean, I wouldn't know because I don't watch what's anime. The main what's the character look like? How do I describe yeah. it? Like very small, very stubby little child. Yeah, but with pink hair. I think so. Yeah. I want. Okay, dude, this is crazy. I wonder. So last night, my wife had me start watching Spy Family with her, mm. which is an anime. Yeah. And the the. Let's see if I can get it. Here. The, there's a little girl. Uh, uh, I can't yeah. quite. I think that's her though. I can't quite see, see through your phone, but. Hmm. I think that's actually yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. This, 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 that's literally the anime we yeah. started watching last night yeah that's the little girl who she's a I, telepath so okay okay I, i'm gonna tell my wife about this game now maybe maybe i'm excited about spy <laughs> x anya her name her name's anya Forger. okay okay yeah anya forge yeah i i know nothing about it i was trying to decipher what it was it was very cutscene heavy from what i remember watching of the okay. trailer what, um, what was the gameplay like i don't remember i it's funny. I watched the showcase before we started watching Spy Family, so it yeah. wouldn't have connected with me. So. From what I from what I recall, it was essentially just like her walking around talking to people. It reminded me a lot of Persona in okay. terms of like the classroom style of talking. Hmm. Didn't seem like there was it wasn't it was turn based. Um, okay. But yeah, it it didn't stick with me at all. Like I said, I literally have no notes in terms of how to describe it. Um, yeah. It just kind of was like, what what is going on? Um, but yeah, anyone that's okay. interested in the uh, Spy X franchise. I won't buy it unless I'm buying it for my wife, but I'm excited that it exists because I like the anime, so that's cool. There we go. Brian's in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in. Spy X on you. Okay, so that's obviously released in 2024. Then we get on to a pretty, pretty big release. Um, Super Mario RPG. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I played this briefly on the Super Nintendo Mini, um, but that was before Final Fantasy got me into turn-based. 
So I'm actually really excited to pick this up with all the shiny new, you know, remake graphics and stuff and play this and probably have a great time with this. I think for me, I see this as bigger than Mario Wander. I don't know mm-hmm. if it actually is, but to me, this feels like a new game. So yeah, yeah I'm picking this up day one, uh, Super Mario RPG. Day they, one. Yeah, they showed up. They showed off some like, uh, what, what, Joe? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, you're like day one for Super Mario RPG. I <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mean like, I don't mean it in a demeaning way. I, I'm just surprised. No, yeah. yeah, I mean, I kind of just like buy Switch, like quality Switch games. I just buy and throw them on my shelf. So I'm going to play it the day it comes out, but I am looking forward to playing this one. I think it'll be really good. I, they've also updated some of the mechanics. Mm. They were showing off some kind of like triple move where you use like characters together to, to do special moves. So mm-hmm. and it's it was by Square Enix, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, well it was by Square before Enix. Or Square, yeah, yeah. yeah Squaresoft. Yeah. Squaresoft, yeah. In 1996, um, yeah. Which I don't think their name is like attached to this in any way from what I've seen. I think it's, it's entirely like in-house with Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they've consulted Square at all on it, which, you know, I mean, you've Kinda already crazy. got the blueprint there, you know, with the first game. So why you don't really need to, to, yeah. to consult no. but yeah, I mean, if you, if you told me like if you told me that Super Mario RPG remake mm-hmm. and I'm I'm getting ahead of you a little bit here, but and Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door um, remaster were coming to the Switch in the last year of its lifespan, I would have been like, "You're crazy." There's no way, but <laughs> their install base is so big, and those are those are awesome titles. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm down for it. Are you gonna ever play this or not really? In an ideal world, I would, because I I know it's a legendary game. Yeah, uh, but the, you might not get around to it. But it yeah. that that's the only thing stopping me from playing these games that I'm not immediately excited for. It's not yeah. that I don't think they're good. It's not that I, I don't like Nintendo games. It's just that I literally have to be so specific with how I spend my time nowadays with gaming. Like you're gonna choose Cyberpunk expansion over so- yeah. Mario RPG. Yeah, and to they're a lot not, of people, that's like what you know, because the yeah. Super Mario RPG is like in the man, halls of gaming. Man. But yeah, it, yeah. So yeah, so. uh but yeah, on what I think to it, I mean, it's a massive release. It looks like an incredible remake. Um, I really have no attachment to it. So uh... what's crazy is that it's just a remake of a game that's been out for thirty years, and it's probably going to sell over ten million copies. Yeah, if not more. Yeah. Well, what do you what did you say one time that I thought really hit home? Like, nostalgia is the second, like runner up to the second uh, biggest way of selling games or something. It's like. Oh yeah, I think maybe I said second to hype or something. Yeah, second, second to hype. hype. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nostalgia is only second to hype in selling games. Yeah, yeah, that was something I said, and then Joe was like, "Wow, that was really freaking good." And I forgot <laughs> about it. So yeah, let's bring that back. That, okay, let's pat me on the back. Put that yeah. on a t-shirt. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, available to pre-order now. Uh, release November seventeenth, twenty twenty-three. Then we get on to uh, kind of other sort of JRPG style uh, chibi looking cartoon game another yeah. code recollection um seems to be a puzzle platformer uh the game itself actually <clears throat> contains two titles um pre-orders have already begun and the release 19th of january 2024 again i have nothing to really say of merit on this because i've never played this game nor um, I, it looks really interesting to me so um yeah no i mean i i know exactly which game you're referring to from yeah. watching it but this just isn't for me but I, I think these kind of games do find a home on the Switch, like yeah. more so than even the other consoles. So yeah. it's good, you know? Yeah. But we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next one, Princess Peach Showtime. Uh, I think it's cool that Princess Peach got her own game. Yeah. Um, and this is another instance of where, like, I said, like, Nintendo, I was watching this, and Nintendo was like, oh, what's that? Peach can change costumes? and she gets new powers it's like you designed the game like why are you acting like this is a surprise it's so corny but yeah yeah 
Well, I, th- I think it's really cool. Peach got a game, especially after the Super Mario Bros. movie came out, mm-hmm. and like Peach was a total badass in that. Um, Still not seen it. This is one I might pick <laughs> up just to I might pick up just to have on the shelf with all my other Nintendo Switch games, but yeah. I probably wouldn't normally buy it. But yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. I mean, Nintendo only kind of drops bangers with Mario, so. Yeah, I mean, to me, this Princess Peach game kind of is on the level of uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong in in the sort of, I would say... A little the, bit higher for me. A little, little bit higher. I, I mean, like, I'm talking, like, kind of consensus-wide, I think. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms that of popularity, yeah, it, that it, it will be that, you know. Um, it's yeah, kind of so, crazy that Toad, Toad mm-hmm. they gave, like, the Captain Toad games more, like, before a Peach game. I mean, I think there was a Peach mm-hmm. game maybe on the GBA back in the day, but, like, Captain Toad has got two releases on Switch. Yeah. There is definitely a Peach the... game from what I remember, right? Where she like, kind of takes on the role of like Mario. Yeah, I, think it's, platformer. I think it's on the Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Game Boy, yeah. I remember, I remember like, uh, I think, in, was it Anissa Sarkeesian praising praising that game or something like that? That sounds right. Back in yeah, the day? Right. When she was relevant. Um, <laughs> yeah, so pre-orders uh, are live for Princess Peach Showtime. Release March 22nd, to, uh, 2024. So a long cool. way to go on that, cool. really. Yeah. Then we get into Saga Emerald Beyond, which is by Square Enix. It's a, uh, I would say, a atypical RP- uh, JRPG from them. Uh, release in 2024. I have no Once horse again, in this. Sounds, like, a, in this sounds like something that'll find its audience on the Switch. But yeah, not for yeah. Me or for yeah. You, so. I feel like it, this kind of appeals to maybe a similar crowd as a. Oh, what's it called? Is it the Three Kingdoms or Fire Fire Kingdoms? What's it called? That. Oh, Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The name just completely lost me there um so nothing to say on this no no not really i mean this is i mean it's one of those things where we could talk about it but it's like what do we really have to say yeah (laughs) yeah, exactly better to move on uh then we have which i was very excited for because i'm a big fan of the old style games tomb raider one to three remastered this was like the standout yeah yeah you go first you go first man well like i let me just preface this by saying i love the new like i i like the new tomb raiders i've not played the most recent one but I liked uh, the reboot, um, and I liked the uh, rise of, of, of Tomb Raider. Yeah. But they never grab me, because they're basically a slower, more survival crafting version of Uncharted, with less, with less interest in stories, yeah. and less interest in characters. Um, but Tomb Raider 1 to 3, despite their shortcomings on the, the original PlayStation, which was like kind of poor camera work and like awkward control schemes for like backflipping off walls and all I this stuff. I feel like the control schemes are still there, aren't they? Did they fix those? As far as I'm aware, it, they're still it there. It seems like it's the same, yeah. Yeah. Because she literally controls like, I know this is like a thing people say as a joke, but it's true. She controls like a tank. Yeah. It's like if oh. she walks forward, yeah. she goes forward. And, and then when you to... stop, she still goes for a little bit. Yeah. And then if you want to turn, it's like you have to, you have like, to like shuffle. Turn yeah, shuffle a leg, shuffle yeah. another leg, and like. Yeah. But the thing about these, and I, I guess I kind of took over from you. I didn't mean to do that joke. No, no, like, no. Go ahead. Uh, these original Tomb Raider games, there's really no games that play like them. They're very original. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll have guns and you'll shoot enemies, but like, you'll be in like a, a cavern or a mm. tomb, and there'll be like areas where it's like, okay, you need to jump up on this ledge, uh, shimmy across the ledge, drop down. Like, but make sure you avoid spikes, mm-hmm. roll backwards, shoot a tiger, and mm-hmm. then backflip over another spike yep. to get to the right area and to and to maybe get the key for the next zone. Yep. So, like, it's very, like, it's not a platformer, but it's almost like a very more strategic platformer because it's very easy to screw up and die. Yep. Hopefully, like, they'll, you'll be able to save, like, at any moment in this version. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Tomb Raider was something original. 
and then they got away from it. I actually kind of sad that the last revelation and Chronicles are not here, which are two more mm. of the original PS1 yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomb Raiders, but uh, all three of them in one package. And then you have like new graphics and you can yeah. switch between like them. MCC. Like MCC. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm picking this up day one. Yeah. For, for yeah. Sure. This will either be a day one or like maybe a month out or something. That I, yeah. You know, well, yeah, maybe, maybe within the month. Did you ever beat any of those originals? Uh, I beat all three when I was younger. Um, really? Yeah, when I was I like very... I mean, I didn't play it all on my own. Like I played it with my uncle uh, and my yeah. dad. Because um, that's who got me into gaming. It was my uncle. And obviously that's I cool. needed that mechanical help when I was younger. Um, yeah. I did go back and play Tomb Raider 2 like, I don't know, like six, seven years ago. And I would say yeah. like as an older person who's like more aff like affirmed with all the controls and stuff, um, they, they hold up. Um, yeah. Especially 2. 2 is the best, definitely. But, um, I, I replayed one mm. like a decade ago and I got over halfway through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never beat one. Yeah. So. But no, no, I'm I'm very excited for it. I mean, just like narratively and stuff, like the, the new Tomb Raiders don't really resonate with me like the old ones do. And the old ones were a lot more simplistic, but I just love that like power fantasy that you had. Yeah. Um, and obviously it was like Plus, Tomb Raider back in the day was a massive thing for, for young girls and even, even adult girls, you know, to really feel represented. And, you know, even for like a, a dude, it was like awesome seeing a woman, you know, like fully like, you know, kicking ass and being badass. But yeah, dude, like the, uh, I think it looks pretty, pretty dope. You got like better graphics, you got seemingly higher frame rate, uh, all the expansions and secret levels are included from the original three games. Um, I just love the fact, like you said, that you can toggle between the old like polygonal style and the new like on, like on the fly kind of MCC stuff. It's just... Is it bad? I didn't know there was expansions for those games. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And secret levels and stuff. So it's pretty, it's pretty dope, but yeah, I mean, I, I've wanted this to happen for a long time because there was some uh, kind of like, I think it was built in either Unreal or Unity. Um, I'd like to say Unity, but a uh, sort of solo developer who was a fan of the games was kind of developing Tomb Raider 2 on his own on his own back. Um, and it's nice to see that like maybe, you know, I don't know, like that that can be a thing on, on PC, but also like the more accessible like kind of collection is, is now going to is, is now going to come to fruition. But yeah, I mean, release February 14th, 2024. This was the point where I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's dope. Something cool. Yeah, because yeah. like, up until this I point... I was surprised that they, yeah. they said you could play in the old graphics. Because I was like, the new graphics, I actually like how they look. But I was like, I feel like I'm going to want to be nostalgic and go to the old ones. So mm -hmm. that's important to me that, that those are there. Yeah. And I'm also wondering if this is like the only reason this happened is because Embracer Group now owns Tomb Raider. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to find a way to get some more cash. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, developed by Aspire, right? Or Aspire. Oh, they're the ones that were almost going to do the KOTOR remake. Yeah, and then they got it taken away from them. So <laughs> then they got chucked oh. on this. Um, All right, well, let's hope it's good. You know? Let's hope it releases. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah. release February 14th, 2024. Then we move on to a game that I think will sell pretty big numbers, Detective Pikachu Returns. Dude, this um, game puts me off, man. When I see Pikachu talking, I'm like, that just ain't yeah. right. Like, it doesn't, the voice doesn't even seem like it comes out of no, no, Pikachu. No, But, but it, it'll probably sell well, you're right. But yeah. I have no interest... I don't like the whole Detective Pikachu thing. I never saw the movie either. Yeah, I saw the movie. The movie was cool, but I, I know what you're saying. Even when even when you know, I watched the movie, it's like you've got a... Uh, what's his name? Ryan... What's his name, dude? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. I was, yeah. was going to say Gosling, but it's not Gosling. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. how about Deadpool? Um, yeah, he... Uh, see, hearing his voice come out of, of a little fluffy yellow thing is just very strange to me. But... Um, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't know. it's weird. Uh, it, it, it's we borderline Deadpool, creepy. We don't need him everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so it, it features a character, the main character being Tim and Pikachu on the case, searching for Tim's missing father. Uh, the gameplay kind of boils down to kind of 
I would say hiring or, or, or recruiting Pokemon and gaining new abilities uh, to you know progress further in the story. Seems like a very solid title. Pre-orders are now live and the release is October the 6th, 2023. But aside from that, I don't have any more to say because I probably won't play this. Yeah, no, it'll be a big one, but not, not for you and me, for sure. Well, now we have the best uh, game of the showcase, bar none, Trombone Champ. Ah, that's, uh, yeah, there's a yeah. trickster from over at the, the uh, Sacred Icon. Icon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, the, he's the trombone champ. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I would not want that nickname from anybody. <laughs> ah, there's my trombone champ. Yeah. Give it a good blow. This this looks like this looks like it was barely ex- would it be barely acceptable for a 2006 Wii game. Mm. I do not know why Nintendo is still pushing the shovelware out. This, yeah, to me this is garbage. No, yep. no thanks. Yeah. So and it, by, also, uh, when you if you watch yeah. the gameplay, when you play the trombone, it does not sound like a trombone. It sounds like a, a mm. wind fart. It does not sound. Yeah, good. I mean, is so. that the trailer kind of reminded me? It's not as bad, but you know, like the Wii music thing. That like they all yeah. played on stage and it was all corny and cringy and yeah. they were all playing out of sync and everything. It kind of reminded awesome. me of that a little bit, but obviously nowhere near as bad. This but, shouldn't uh, exist. It must sell to some people. Because yeah, they keep yeah. Them, so. but yeah, it's by Holy Wow Studios, rhythm game using real musical tracks. You use the gyro or IL camera to play. Fifty songs in total, from classical to electronica, and it has local multiplayer. In which it releases. Well, it released on Friday. Then we have Battle Crush. Great. What would we have done without Trombone Champ? I, I, I'd have <laughs> slipped into a deep, dark depression. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember? Do you ever? Do you watch? Yeah, you watched The Office. Remember when um, Andy was known as the Boner Champ? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, trombo- the Tromboner Champ. <laughs> uh, what um, game did you say next? I didn't catch it. Yeah, well, I'll preface this by saying then we kind of went into a, like a, a slew of kind of like small sort of battle royale brawler slash fighting games. Um, so. You started with Battle Crush, which is by NCSoft. Uh, it's a Battle Royale brawler, free to play, and the closed beta test is available from October 2023. However, the actual release is uh, Spring 2024, which is first for consoles. Um, I really didn't have much to say on this. It basically kind of looked like Switch's version of... Um, oh, what's that most recent game from Epic Games that was shut down? That was a BR. Um, Battle Cry? No, it was like Brawl... No. Brawl something, Brawl Stars, maybe? I might be completely wrong with it. No. Brawl Stars? Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah, but anything on this, Brian, while I look up who this, this game is? Uh, No, I mean, this is not something that I'm particularly interested in. You said NCSoft, though? That's something I haven't heard, somebody I haven't heard from in a while. Like, Yeah. Aren't, NC, aren't, NCC, aren't NCSoft associated with Guild Wars? They are indeed. I think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Guild Wars 2, Blade and Soul, Lineage, all that stuff. So, yep. Yeah. It's uh, coming to a first for consoles, Spring 2024. Then you have War Tales, which is by Shiro Games. It's a, I forgot uh, how many games are in this damn showcase. Holy shit. There's a lot. Um, I mean, that's the beauty of the Direct, though. They rattle off very quickly. Yeah. Um, you have a medieval art style, which actually looks pretty, pretty neat. Um, it's a timed console exclusive for the Nintendo Switch, and it's released now. Anything on this, Brian? I got nothing, man. I got. I'm not gonna pretend. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that uh, Brawler Royale was called Rumbleverse. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Got shut down there though. Go. Um, yeah. had to come back to that. So then we have Contra Operation Gallagher, which I think is pretty dope for the old heads yeah, that love Contra. Yeah. You know? For sure. That's the, pretty uh, awesome. Kind of like the the Dark Souls, the Souls games of uh, of that time, but their difficulty. 
Yeah. Um, obviously by Konami. I thought it looked pretty pretty neat. A uh, variety of different options. Konami's just trying to generate some profits again. Yeah, you, you can tell they're relying heavily on nostalgia to kind of put yeah. themselves back into the foundation. They don't want to bring a creative vision to anything because they no, don't have no, one. They no. just want to make some money. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you have a variety of difficulty options, new weapons, enemies, super attacks, and four-player co-op mode. It releases early 2024. Anything on this, Brian? Nope, no, nothing. Not, not going to pick it up? No, no not interested. No, me neither. <laughs> then we have Unicorn Overlord, which is by Atlas uh, and Vanillaware. 2D pop-up style, turn-based, released March 8th, 2024. With a title like that, it's not something I'd pick up. It is an odd, yeah. It's it's borderline as bad as Konami's uh, rhythm game. Yeah. Um. Already forgot that name, by the way. Then we have the next big release, Luigi's Mansion Two HD. Big release, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's cool because it's it's bringing it over. It was stuck on the 3DS, yeah. but yeah. it kind of annoys me that yeah. in the final year of the 3DS, they remastered Luigi's Mansion 1 for the GameCube for the 3DS in the 3DS's final year. Mm. So now you're going to be able to play Luigi's Mansion 2 and 3 on the Switch, but 1 is on GameCube and 1 Remake is on 3DS. So it's like, I wish they had done both. Or I mean, if I had to choose, I would have preferred they did 1 again over 2, but I yeah. get it. Like, 1 already had a chance at being remade. So it's a bit all over the place. Mm. Yeah, it's it's still great though, because I mean now we're gonna have two Luigi's Mansion titles yeah, on yeah. Uh, the Switch. This will be something that, yeah, we got we got buddies that'll pick this one up for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice as well that you know it's got four players online, which is dope. Yeah, that's a yeah, variety. This is, of this is a big one. Yeah, so really, we, we've said we've said everybody says all the time to Nintendo like, why don't you just re-release re-release big games? <laughs> just know? keep re-releasing games. Don't make any new just, ones. Yeah, well, I mean, if you just there's so many bangers you could re-release that like right now, like think if they just did like. If they just sold an Ocarina of Time remake that was a Switch exclusive, mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be an easy $10 million or more, yeah. right? Like, yeah. why not just do it? I mean, maybe they just don't have enough people and enough time to do all these things. But, yeah, yeah. you know, lots of games they could release. <laughs> yeah, so released summer 2024. So uh, anyone that likes Ghosts, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably pick that one up. Yeah. Uh, not a game, but uh, an interesting uh, sort of showcase here was a uh, Nintendo Museum. Completed March 2024. It only showed architectural rendering, uh, but are you going to go, Brian? This is, this is where he did the thing. He goes, you see this question mark, but what is it? Oh, it's the roof of our Nintendo Museum. Like, oh, <laughs> Who would have? Of course I'd have guessed that. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, say about that. But yeah, you're going to go, Brian? You're going to take a plane and off you go? I'd like to go. Yeah. Well, I have no plans to, but yeah. I'd like to. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Maybe. Moving By on the time Switch. I get there, it'll be old news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There'll be uh, cobwebs in the uh, upper corners and the raptors and stuff. <laughs> um, then we had some Amiibo figures, which I think we'll be remiss to uh, not speak on these because they are massive to Nintendo's ecosystem. Yeah. Um, so we had uh, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, and the characters from that was Zelda and Ganondorf, releasing November yeah. 3rd, 2023. Then we had the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 releases, which were Noah and Mio, uh, January 19th, 2024. And then we had the Super Smash Bros. final character, I think they advertise it as, um, obviously from the Ultimate release, Sora, which is released in 2024 yeah. sometime. I don't think there was an exact date on that, but anything on this? Are you, are you a Amiibo uh, yeah, guy? Pretty cool. Those are, no, I mean, I have a couple, but um, those will probably sell pretty big. I mean, the Zelda ones are really popular, yeah. and then Sora will probably sell out yeah. because it's freaking Sora. But they now have every character from Smash uh, yeah. in Amiibo form, so uh-huh. I thought it was a cool announcement yeah. for sure. Yeah. 
then we had a F Zero ninety nine, which was yeah. Uh, this is the thing with F Zero, as far as I'm aware. Um, it's kind of like got the uh, Splinter Cell franchise treatment in the sense that mm-hmm. the company that sort of perpetuates it and creates uh, F Zero games and stuff, Nintendo, they uh, refuse to make a traditional F Zero game, and the fans are crying out for a, a true. F-Zero game, yeah. not a Battle Royale racer, which is what this is. Um, similar, again, like I said, to the Splinter Cell kind of thing with him being put in every mobile game ever. Um, originally on the SNES, F-Zero games, but to me, nothing. It looks like they just took the SNES game and made it online compatible yeah. Yeah. with 99 players, which yeah. is probably what they did exactly. Um, <clears throat> on one hand, I don't blame Nintendo for not making brand new AAA F-Zeros or Star Foxes because even if they're really good games, mm-hmm. neither one of those would probably ever hit 10 million copies. Whereas if they just did another Mario or just another Zelda, even if it's a spinoff, it's probably easily getting that much. So it's mm-hmm. like, why? But then again, Nintendo makes such like dumb decisions so often. You think that they could you know, throw the F-Zero people or Star Fox people mm-hmm. a little slack and give them something. I think, it's, I think when you put something like F-099 out, it's a spit in the face to fans of F-0. But at the same time, for people who aren't F-0 fans, this might just be a free, fun Nintendo Online game to play. So Mm. there is an audience for it, but it it does kind of spit in the face of fans a little bit, which is unfortunate. Mm. Yeah, so that releases or released on uh, Friday. So get it now if you need it. Then we have Bandletail, a League of Legends story, which is the uh, first of two... Mm. Uh, showcased uh, at the show um, by Riot Forge Games, which is their new initiative, basically, to kind of release into more uh, sort of expanding worlds and and, and, and games uh, outside of the, the MOBA, the League of Legends. So um, it's kind of nice to see it. Um, looks very cutesy. Looks perfect for the Nintendo Switch platform, in my opinion. Um, I personally like the look of it. Um, it has nice... It seems to kind of twig a lot of kind of progression dopamine hits from what i saw of the mm-hmm. gameplay um and it seems to scratch the itch like stardew valley did in a lot of ways and, and harvest moon and maybe even animal yeah. crossing in a lot of ways just like very relaxing very uh slow builds and and just yeah so release 2024 anything on this brian it might not be fair but like because i'm not interested in the source material which is yep. league of legends yep. that's why i don't watch the show arcane that's why i don't want to play the spinoffs but yep. I mean, it's cool that they're expanding out, right? There's a lot of League of Legends fans out there. Yeah. And then the second of the duology, which is Song of Nunu, a League of Legends story, again, by Riot Forge. Um, This is more of a platformer. Um, They're definitely going hard with these little game expansions if they're releasing two straight away like this. Um, Obviously, which is interesting because the pre-orders are live for this. Uh, This was shown after, obviously, the, the previous one. And... The release is before it, which is weird. Why didn't they just show this one before if the release was... I don't know. That's my like kind of OCD brain coming yeah. out. But it's like, why would you show off the 2024 version, uh, the released game than the 2023? But yeah, this this comes out November the 1st, 2023. So not too long. Um, again, no no feelings on that? No, not no. much to really add to that. No, no me neither. That's cool, but not for us. Then you have WarioWare. Move it. Uh, hey, Warrior Wear, Warrior Wear games are big. Yeah, and people like it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. another good addition for the Switch. Yeah, Switch movement game, all about matching the motions to what's on screen. 
Four-player party mode, classic Nintendo 80 tier party game, I would say. Pre-orders are live, and the release is November 3rd, 2023. Anything else? Okay, yeah. that's. Yeah. I mean, that's a good another good addition. Yeah. yeah. Then you have the... Yeah, definitely. Then you have the Aeudan Chronicle, 100 Heroes game by 505 Games. Sprite-based RPG, party-based story. As allies join, your home base evolves, so there's some, like, progression, sort of dopamine hits there again. Seems narrative rich, or narratively rich rather. Uh, it's kind of neat. Releases April 23rd, 2024. I don't know where I was when all these games were announced because I did not realize how many games were at this freaking showcase. Until there was a lot. Back. It went fast. Yeah. I think it's just the, the ones like these that I'm not interested in, it's just hard for me to retain. I know you've taken notes on these things, yeah. but I just watched it and didn't take notes. So yeah. I, 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 my eyes kind of gloss over yeah, definitely. these releases. 100%. Uh, I mean, the, the show went that fast that I had to pause the live stream to take the notes. Mm, okay. And some of them, like that uh, that Anya game, I have no idea what was going on with that. So yeah. that shows you how fast it's going. Something. Yeah. That says something. Yeah. Um, then you have Eastward Octopia, which is by Chucklefish, which is from the developers of Stardew Valley, which, I mean, I love Stardew Valley. It's better than Animal Crossing. Um, <laughs> paid DLC for Eastward from the creator of Stardew Valley, as I've just mentioned. Farming mechanics, casual simulator, as I like to call it standalone dlc holiday 2023 release it looks pretty cool it kind of looks like a spiritual successor slash sort of branching off point from stardew I mean, the, th the fact that it's made by the stardew valley people i mean that's a good sign 100 so, yeah definitely yeah. um and that's not all from chucklefish then there was wargroove 2 which was a little bit more of a, a combat focused game over the stardew valley and eastward from what it seems but um again obviously from creator stardew valley new factions turn-based PvP local and online. Create your own cutscenes and campaigns. So there's some community-based content there. Pretty neat. Um, and then you have a... Uh, it's a Nintendo Switch exclusive. Pre-orders are now live and released. It's October the 5th, 2023. Another one that's not out my alley. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. yeah, me neither. Definitely going to miss that one. But Eastwood seems, a little, seems interesting. Then you have uh, a release that is already been popular on PC. Excuse me. Um, Dave the Diver, which I've heard testimonies from friends that absolutely adore this game. A lot of people talking about yeah. Dave the Diver, yeah. Yeah. From, Saying it's like the standout mm. game this year that no one's talking about. Yeah. From Nexon. Um, I would call it a court hit on Steam, PC, whatever. Um, it's now on the Switch. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Apparently it's got a bunch of different, like, it's not just one gameplay style. It's a bunch of different things yes. in the game. So it's it's just not what you'd expect. I've only heard good things, and yeah, I'm sure it's going to get a big boost to sales beyond yeah. the Switch. Like, it's so much easier to play a game like that on the Switch for me. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got like a casual style about it, but it's got some interesting in-depth mechanics from what I've seen. Like, it's yeah. got like kind of your uh, kind of your management side of it when you're at the bar. You've got your kind of like skillful side of when you're diving for things and trying to survive and get everything back to the bar. Excuse me. And then you've also got... Um, Kind of like your narrative side where it's like text scroll and stuff and you're, you're talking to everyone and getting to know everyone and recruiting people and finding patrons to your bar and stuff like that. And it, it looks yeah. it looks awesome. Like I said, I've got a buddy who actually thinks it's absolutely fucking awesome. So, um, yeah, it, it launches first for consoles on the Nintendo Switch. Pre-orders are now live. There's also a free demo that's live on the Nintendo Switch. Um, and the release is October 26, 2023, so not long. A lot coming out this year for, for Nintendo. Just a bit. Yeah. Moving on, then we've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Booster Course Pass, Wave 6. God, they do make their DLCs very 
names complicated yeah. like what's that's yeah. a lot you know um, this isn't something we we knew this was coming we just hadn't seen it but yeah there's a bunch of those yeah so. so you have like returning fan favorite maps such as daisy circuit diddy kong funky kong pauline and pete Chat, so you got different characters different maps etc etc come in release this holiday 2023 sweet i think once they're all done maybe i'll just buy them all at once yeah because i would like to have them yeah then you have the uh final part of the show which was kind of a uh i don't know a little nugget among us the fungi or fungi i think it is fungi <laughs> by inner sloth new map yeah. that is entirely free so releases october 2023 among us fans i think eating good yeah yeah it's pretty cool that a game like that can um just enough people on twitch playing it can make it be a phenomenon i mean that game's been huge for years now yeah so. yeah just like four guys a fun game. Stuff, yeah. i played it i played it before yeah things like among us four guys they really thrive within the uh, pandemic and and stuff yep. and it, it it's nice to see those small studios like get in as much attention as kind of like your call of duties and stuff when it comes to the streamer numbers and player counts i just remember that they announced for among us that there was going to be a jeff keely mask you know, oh yeah 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 and i'm the like game awards wasn't it, I, I think yeah. yeah and i'm like if someone's wearing the jeff keely mask i'm gonna assume they're the killer <laughs> those cold dead so, eyes yeah we love you jeff eyes. don't worry um, <laughs> yeah but yeah so that 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 brings the uh show to the close uh, show to a close we've got uh a bunch of games a bunch of dlcs some good remakes well it's, it's worth noting that they had shown like mario wonder on its own mm. beforehand yeah so because that, that got its own 15 20 minutes yeah show. yeah yeah but uh, yeah it's a really good mm. year for a console that's supposed to be in its last years like yeah. i remember when the wii and the wii u they went out limp as heck with yes. nothing yeah especially the wii so, u yeah yeah um but yeah i mean I, i've wrote down some final thoughts here so i i would say it's a very strong showing it was fast and i always appreciate this no bullshit no filler it seemed yeah. Uh, straight to the point. I mean, I'm all for that. I don't like when people come walking out and talk absolute marketing jargon for three hours. It, it bores me, and I'm I'm not here to be swindled. Basically, um, showed lots of nice remakes, remasters uh, from Nintendo and other studios, of course, such as Luigi's Mansion 2 HD, Super Mario RPG, as well as some new to be staples like Mario vs Donkey Kong and Detective Pikachu Returns. I like that they lean in heavily on the party games, which I think is a solid choice to do ahead of the holiday period, as yeah. that's uh, when a lot of families are going to be getting together to celebrate that time of year. I think that's an incredibly intelligent marketing strategy, personally. I mean, that's what Nintendo excels at is like party games mm -hmm. and like they do it the best co local co-op and stuff like that. So they've yeah. always had a corner of the market on that. So yeah, I would say this is like an eight out of 10 show. Like I'd agree. It wasn't blowing my mind with like a 10 and it wasn't close to blowing my mind like a nine, but like a seven would feel not generous enough no, for no. how much they showed. And I mean, it's a lot. So yeah. And I mean, it was and like, what, real an hour, if that, yeah, it wasn't long at all. Didn't waste time. No, yeah. It was less than an hour. Mm. I think. Yeah. Maybe 45. Yeah. It was, it was good. Okay. So that's it for the Nintendo direct. Now we move on to the, uh, I would say more, dis way more disappointing PlayStation state of play. Yeah. Um, which Let's, is crazy because they had mm, the full-on Sony showcase earlier in the year, which was disappointing. Yeah. And then this is the state of play, which is smaller. And you kind of were hoping that this would be like the thing that brings back the heat. Yeah. And it wasn't. No. I mean, no. if it wasn't for their final thing they showed. Yeah. It was essentially borderline worthless. Yeah. I'm very disappointed. Um, yeah. And I've been disappointed in Sony's showcases since that very showcase. You know, like, it seems like they have everything there for them to be able to do yeah. a good showcase, but they just seem to not want to show it yet. I think they're coasting. 
I think it's yeah. overdue. I think they're coasting, they're coasting on their success. There's no reason for them to try yeah. harder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and it, if you look at it, they got hmm. like major games. They got Final Fantasy 16 this year, Spider-Man this year. And next year, we know for sure they have uh, Helldivers 2 and yep. 7 Rebirth. Yeah. So even with them seemingly like not doing much, yeah. they're still putting out enough to just ride the success. Yeah. Know? Yeah, definitely. And he, as a PlayStation fan... Uh, not for fanboy reasons and fighting the fanboy war and all that stuff, but just like in terms of what is coming out on the horizon, it does somewhat make make me nervous in terms of mm-hmm. like what ha- have they in store for me on my PlayStation Five? You know, because I don't want them yeah. to like kind of take their foot off the throttle and coast into the uh, onto the ramp, you know, like off the off the highway or whatever. Because <sighs> that's usually where like the hubris is where they fall, right? Like yep. they came out the six hundred dollar PS Three, then the yep. three sixty swooped in. Yeah, yeah. Did Microsoft got the hubris and did the Connect yep. and the Xbox oh. One, and Sony yep. swooped in. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Microsoft looks like they're on an upwards trajectory. So like, Sony, you better hold the line. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, let's get into the specifics. Uh, we'll come okay. back to the overall thoughts afterwards. But okay. the first showcase, uh, the first game showed rather, was uh, Baby Steps by Devolver Digital. Seems this does not a, look like a good. This looks. This looks hmm. awful. This looks awful. I don't think it's a good way of opening your showcase. No, I, I thought it was a joke. Especially, uh, especially when Devolver good. Digital have their own uh, show, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I know afterwards the lady came out and she's like, this is the kind of games we want at Sony, unique. But I'm like, it's just a dude who can't walk. Like, <laughs> I, I just didn't... like I like those games it because it, it's from the, the guys who made um, Getting Over It with Bennett mm-hmm. Foddy. Which was like okay, a massive, which, which was a massive success both in the streaming world, like kind of like the, uh, was it was it only up recently that game where you like fall all the way down to like the the, the ground level if you miss mm-hmm. one jump that like everyone was like getting mad about when they fell, quite rightly so, banging their keyboards. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's cool that it's from like an Australian developer as far as I'm aware. I think it's Australian. Um, it it was funny, you know, despite it not looking impressive, it was funny. Um. I had it in my head when I was watching it that it, like the title of it was called Manchild or something, something to do with Manchild. I don't know why, but like I think it was just the fact that he, he does very much give off that impression, the character. It's a freaking Manchild on screen. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems all right. It's just definitely not the way I would open. To I wonder how the devs of that game feel that they got to be the opener for a showcase that ended with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Like mm. they they were one bookend of the thing that that final fantasy was on the other end of that that's that's something to be proud of oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. um but yeah summer release 2024 on ps5 and pc then if you thought it couldn't get any more disappointing roblox coming to ps4 and ps5 full cross plat uh, cross play rather this... um and released october 10th 2023 go on brian this game blows my mind because literally I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, my little brother was playing Roblox on a computer, on the laptop in our house. And we had really bad satellite internet. And every time he played Roblox, it throttled the whole internet. And <laughs> so I would always hate Roblox. And every time I saw Roblox, I was like, why did you choose the stupidest looking game ever <laughs> to play? Like, why can't you play something good? And then all these years pass by and Roblox is one of the most successful multi-billion dollar games in the world. And uh, it's actually a huge win that it's coming. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, I, I, I said it and I prefaced it with the idea that you know, if the show couldn't get any more disappointing, but I will say, Roblox as a video game, yeah. taking my completely subjective side out of it, is phenomenal. You know, the fact that what it's done is unreal. It's you know, it's on the level of Fortnite, and the only reason it's hated is because of its ubiquity, in my opinion, just like Fortnite. Um, yeah. 
Um, I think it's interesting. Yeah. This is this this is several times now I've seen them announce a game coming to PlayStation, and it's coming just to PS4 because they know it's, like, it's backwards compatible to PS5. But like, I've seen several games now be developed for the PS4 only, which mm. I just I think that's kind of interesting. Like, I don't, I'm not a developer, so I don't really know why. But like, I guess I just would have thought three years in it would have been a PS5 game. But it might be engine PS4. limitations. I don't exactly know what engine Roblox is on. I don't know if it has its own proprietary engine, but that might be the case. I think it's like a cardboard box with like a mouse and a wheel. It's probably, it's <laughs> Someone's there around. turning the crank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, released October 10th, 2023. Then you kind of start to see a lot of VR, well, two VR titles uh, shown. You've got your Ghostbuster, Rise of the Ghost Lord, and yeah. you have Resident Evil 4 VR mode. We'll talk about the first one here. Um, online co-op, it seems. So it doesn't seem like the single player from what I gathered, or it's at least got emphasis massively on the, the co-op side of it. Pre-orders are now live, and the release is October 26, 2023. Now, I used to be a big fan of, of VR titles. I have the original Oculus Rift, um, literally down there. Um, but, and this is a completely subjective thing, I just don't have the space for it and the functionality and all the cabling from the original Oculus is just tiring and stuff. And I can't see myself buying the, PS, the PSVR 2 simply because as a sub-platform so far, and I think this has resonated in the community massively, that... They just don't have enough games to work, like be worthwhile, you know. So, uh, what do you think, Brian? Um, I mean, I think I think VR is cool in practice, but like it would, and this this could never happen. But for me, for me to actually be interested in playing those games, it would have to be something that was like already bundled in with my PS Five. Like, right. I'm never gonna spend even. I'm probably not even gonna spend a hundred dollars, you know. Like, and mm. I know we had like, like I've talked to people who love VR and. It's cool and all, but I just for that amount of money and in most of the time the game I'm interested in playing is a game I've already played without VR. Yeah. So and, and the games that are just VR only, I'm not interested in. Like I'm not interested in this Ghostbusters game. Mm. So but uh, yeah, so it's it's not for me. I mean, I'm I'm glad that they're committing to VR in their showcases for the people that have invested so much money, but I, I just genuinely usually want the want the conversation to move on to non VR. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it'd have to be kind of like for you to really get involved. Is it have to be kind of like a Xbox, like one Connect kind of thing, like where they package it in and maybe maybe they take a loss on the hardware sale? It kind of have to be because yeah. I would hate that. I would hate if they did that. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, you'd hate it for them kind of thing. That that's that that'd be the case. Well, like I hated the Connect came with the the Xbox, so I wouldn't yeah. want because they're probably going to charge more if if it comes with the PSVR. I, honestly, I I think. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think the PSVR 2 might be the last VR we see from Sony because I don't think they're seeing a turnover enough to make it worth. The, hard, the hardware sales indicate that they're not doing as well as expected. Yeah. Which is, I, I think is to be expected. I, I can't, yeah. you know. There's not I, much of a market there, especially when the price is so high. No. And the PC is the strongest market for the VR stuff. And even then, it's, it's not a mainstay like, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's that anyway moving on there is a, also a resident evil 4 vr mode um releasing winter which looks really cool mm -hmm. but i probably will never play it because i'm not going to buy a, a vr yeah yeah same but very very awesome for the uh the vr aficionados out there then you have the resident evil 4 separate ways dlc which comes that with the mercenary awesome. mode's pick, free update i'll pick that up yeah you'll pick the that up ways dude i still yeah. need to play it. for <laughs> Like I still remake. Remake. remake was awesome. Yeah, so. I've heard nothing but positive things about it. But that releases September twenty first, twenty twenty three. You play as Ada Wong. Um, 
as in the title, you are going your separate ways to uh, Leon. Yeah. I mean, it, it was included in the original Resident Evil 4, so yeah. this is just that separate, yep. you know. Then you have, which I think which looks pretty cool, Blue Far Cry, also known as Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Looks absolutely visually stunning. Looks pretty cool with the amount of detail and stuff like with the exploding of the mechs and stuff like that. Looks absolutely incredible. Um, releases December 7th, 2023. So um, I know uh, Josh from Sacred Icon um, is excited for this game, but what about you, Brian? Um. I mean, with all due all due respect, I'm just not a fan of Avatar, mm -hmm. so I won't pick it up by the simple fact that I'm not a fan. But I do think they're quality movies, and I do think this looks like a quality game. It also looks like a game that's perfect for fans. Yep. So this this if you're a fan of Avatar, like I could definitely see getting excited for this game. Um, I, I'm just kind of constantly perplexed by by Avatar because it's like this came out in 2009 and blew everyone's mind away, and then. There was like a quick knockoff game, Avatar game back then for the 360. Mm -hmm. But then like Avatar just wasn't around for like over 10 years. And yeah. then we get the sequel finally. Mm. And like the sequel's just as impressive, but yeah. like it looks like a sequel to the first. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. look like it's better, but it doesn't look way different. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you finally get a game that seems to like, it just feels like this is the game we should have got in 2009. This, this. Mm. frontier game so mm. it feels so late like it's just weird that we're getting this big budget avatar game in 2023 but hey they got december to themselves pretty much so i, I think it'll do well I, yeah. I think this will sell well yeah definitely and and one thing i will praise them on is that like just like you said it's kind of the game that avatar fans will want um game developers tend to get licenses from movies and hollywood and stuff and then do rather random things with the license a prime example of that that i remember in recent times is the john wick game i don't know if you remember that which was like a sort of turn-based yeah. uh strategy game that once you ended your turn it would like speed up and show you how awesome john wick kills everyone um yeah. and while it was neat as an idea and it was clearly obviously from a smaller studio than this with a smaller budget it just felt like why in a lot of ways and i don't mean that in like a nasty way because it was it was definitely a good game but it was also just like there was the, this is not what people picture when they play when they want to play a john wick game and you want to actually be doing the action you want to be doing the roles you want to be doing the gun foo and i think all praise to avatar frontiers of pandora's uh developer they did a they did a good job in kind of like you're reading the, the room that you want to do yeah the things you want to do are there like yeah getting to mount the the flying yeah. thing and and getting to use human weapons and yeah. bow, navi bows and yeah. stuff like like if, if this if this came out and it was kind of like a a, a real-time strategy game people would enjoy it especially the pc yeah. crowd but i don't think it would have resonated as hard um yeah. and yeah so it's yeah. Cool. it looks good something to be excited about for sure yeah then we got a very quick trailer uh from ghost runner 2 which is a sequel to a very, very fast kinetic uh, one life kind of, I would say in some ways, like temporary roguelike kind of quick reset, yeah. restart. I know death. nothing about this. Um, like, I don't even know yeah. what the first one looks like, so I can't add anything. Yeah. So just a quick like brief of what Ghost Runner was. Ghost Runner was essentially, I mean, it's not long ago that the first one released, but essentially it's this like really fast, like I said, kinetic action game where like you would constantly just have to keep running really quickly kill everyone platforming while multitasking loads of projectiles that were firing at you and then while that was happening um if you got hit you would like kind of restart to a very 
very quickly to a recent checkpoint and do that all over again. It was all about speed, momentum, keeping up, keeping keeping going no matter what. And it was just about learning the patterns and learning the, the movements and everything. It was a really cool game. But uh, yeah, Ghost Runner 2, the sequel to the original Ghost Runner demo is now available and the release is October 26, 2023. Cool. Yeah, cool. Then we get on to the uh, PlayStation 5 Deep Earth Collection for console covers and the DualSense controllers. Uh, or controller. You have a selection of three colors across the board. You have Volcanic Red, Cobalt Blue, and Sterling Silver. Pre-orders are now live, or, or sorry, pre-orders are live from October 4th, 2023. Um, however, there is a discrepancy and difference in the releases for each color so the volcanic red release and the cobalt blue release november the 3rd 2023 however the sterling silver releases january 26 2024 pretty confusing marketing very i think yeah. a lot of people a lot of people who aren't like in the know are going to think that this is like full-on consoles mm -hmm. where you yeah. buy the console when mm -hmm. it's actually covers yeah um and then the fact that they come out at different times that's just weird that so, is very weird not very good not very good marketing. They should have just said, no. "Hey, we have more more cover plates, colored plates coming to PlayStation. Here's mm. the colors." And yeah, so but yeah, I mean that's cool. More ways to customize, but yeah, I think it's a little confusing. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I definitely agree on the marketing thing. The uh, the kind of the way they rolled out the trailer with the animation and stuff, and the the CG kind of like reveal of them just felt yeah more akin to like a kind of like the way they revealed the PS5 um originally. Um, and I just felt like it could have been quicker than that, in all honesty. Yeah. You didn't need to place such emphasis on it. But like you said, cool, cool that they have it. Sony Sony likes to stroke their own ego a little bit with the stuff. It's just oh, like yeah, all the little screens where they show all the PlayStation symbols. It's like yeah. you're wasting my time. Yeah. yeah. You know? They they like to Hollywoodize themselves. A little yeah. bit of a little bit of Marvel MCU kind of thing going on there with the intros. Um then you had a game which I thought was looks really cool. And I never played the original, but Helldivers 2 um that did look really cool like mm. i'm not into online only type shooter games at yeah. all but that looked really cool that looked like some, the closest thing we've seen to like a new odst game mm. you know yeah i can see that so like um, a third person odst kind of starship troopers vibe with like yeah, yeah yeah killing bugs yeah you know? But yeah, quite a decent amount of gameplay was shown. Not an extensive amount, but a selection, uh, like selections of particular highlights of one mission in particular, where it's just absolute chaos, it seems. Um, the amount of detail actually looks pretty incredible for a smaller title. Um, the detail on the enemy, like where like pieces are flying off them and stuff with the rockets and stuff yeah. is absolutely incredible. And it looks like a very visceral game. It looks very violent. It looks very um, intense. Uh, it looks like something that's going to be hard as well. Um, or you can, you, you can choose it to be hard. The enemy is actually looking very vicious, kind of like something out of a Earth Defense Force game, just way more detailed. Um, one yeah. thing that did strike me um, as pretty impressive is how they kind of balance the narration of the players. There's this thing where like Ubisoft do that, where they have this like pseudo operative style where it's like enemy players brace for PvP and stuff, and it's really cringy and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this did it well, where it was like they would it didn't seem cringy it didn't seem cringy but they also kind of explained what was going on like they were pulling out grenades was yeah. explaining what the grenades are even though they didn't really have to you wouldn't do in you know in an actual play in a play session with your friends or whatever but um yeah. yeah i think they did a really good job in marketing it it looks absolutely incredible but uh released february 28th 2024 i think the original was like a twin stick shooter or something which is crazy yeah it's a completely different genre yeah which is which is which is really cool then we get on to, I would say, the second largest uh, sort of showcase slash trailer of the uh, of the show, um, Spider-Man 2. So it had kind of like a, a city over 
overview of kind of everything, showing you kind of yeah. points of in interest, different costumes, different progression systems. Um, it was a quick run through of everything, a massive greater sense of scale in this game as opposed to the first one, and obviously Miles Morales. Um, it seems to be, like I said, taking taking tips from Ghost of Tsushima and stuff to use visual cues to make you head towards objectives. So it's kind of got a little bit more of environmental storytelling to it, it seems, which is nice instead of just having map markers. Um, it seems to be everything overhauled. So skills, suits, customization, etc. And it releases on October 20th, 2023, if you didn't know already. but I mean, just between that trailer and like earlier previews we've got, it sounds like a bigger and better version of Spider-Man. And yeah. I thought Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man for PS4, PS5 remastered, I thought it was amazing. Great game. Oh, so yeah. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm picking this up day one yeah. and I'm playing it as soon as I have it in my hands. Mm. I'm excited for it. Um, it just looks good. The 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 gliding mechanics and the, oh. the, tra the traveling is the funnest part of the game. Um, swapping between Miles and Peter looks like it's going to be kind of like GTA 5. Yeah. Where yeah. like they're just doing stuff around the city and you swap yeah. to them. I wonder if you can uh, find each other, you know? Yeah, that would be, be cool. I always want to do that in GTA um, yeah. 5. Yeah, because you can do it in GTA, yeah. right? Like, I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, could you? yeah, I, yeah I, you can. Because there's like, there's cutscenes where like you can follow like another player character. And if you follow them too long, they'd punch you and knock you out and kill you or something. Oh, that's cool. They'd be like, stop following me, Trevor. <laughs> that's awesome. But, um, but no, I mean, at, at this point, like, I don't need to see anymore. I just no. want to play the game. Like, no. so I, I, this just all looked good, but yeah. Yeah. that doesn't surprise me either. So I'm just ready to no. play it. Yeah, it, it's typical insomnia, good, good. Uh, yeah. You can't ask for anything more, and I'm definitely excited to play it. I don't know if I'll play it day one. I'd love to, but again, time. Um, but mm -hmm. very excited for Spider Man 2. Then you have Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn DLC. Tales of Arise is a massive, obviously, JRPG franchise. It looks pretty cool. I've never played a Tales of Arise game, but it looks absolutely badass with the way the combat is and stuff. And anything on that, Brian? I know you're not, into not for me, JRPGs but yeah, a little bit. That's a that's a good that's a good franchise and and something people will be excited about. So not yeah. for me. I don't have much to say on it, but yeah. that was cool. Yeah. So that releases November 9th, twenty twenty three. So again, not that long. Then you have a game called Honkai Star Rail, which I would describe as an atypical turn-based RPG. Slash that game's getting a lot of traction. I hear a lot of people talking about Honkai Star Rail. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, anything on this? Not much for me. It's not my type of game, but mm. I've heard a lot about it. I think I think it'll probably be something that does pretty well. So. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think this game is actually already out, as far as I'm aware, Honkai Star Rail. And I think that sounds right. Yeah, because right. as far as I'm aware, it came out April time or something like that. Okay. Uh, that might year. be why I've heard people talk about it so much. because yeah. it's already out. Yeah, and uh, the release. So I assume this is like coming to PlayStation Five or something like that. I don't. I don't hundred percent okay. know. But uh, yeah, so not for us. But I'm sure someone, some people out there will love this. Then you have the highlight of the show, of course, Foam Stars Open Beta Party. I knew it. <laughs> You know what? I had nothing good to say about Foam Stars, and I still don't. But for some reason, the guys at Kind of Funny played it and were singing its praises about how fun it actually is, yeah, and how much of a delight it was, and how surprising it was. So take that with a grain of salt. But I've heard a lot of positive things about Foam Stars. To me, it just seems like a Square Enix ripoff of Splatoon, yeah, and not something I'm interested in at all. But uh, no, no. I mean, I will. It actually doesn't matter how good people say the game is. I will never play this game. Mm -hmm. uh, just the the premise does not interest me at all. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. To me, it was just it was it's nothing to me. It's more nothing more than a Splatoon ripoff. It's 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 trying to be that. And you know, credit to the developers for that are doing it and creating it. But to me, from an executive position, you get like no 
no bonus points, you know, for yeah. it. it. It's uh, whatever. But yeah, so open beta party later this month. Then you have, and I'll let you. I'll let you take the floor for this one. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, or as I keep forgetting the name of it, Final Fantasy VII Remake Two, because I always forget. Because I think it's. I always go, oh yeah, it's Final Fantasy VII: A Realm Reborn, and I'm like, no, that's uh, Final Fantasy XIV, yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, cutscenes um, mixed with gameplay, cool ass trailer. Take it away, Brian. We were hoping we were going to get uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth at the state of play, but I don't think anybody was like very certain we were going to get a release date. So it was really exciting to get like three minutes of straight fire footage and then an actual release date that's pretty close when you think about it, February 29th. So it was still, you know, obviously next year, we knew it was coming next year though, but that's very early in the year. Um, it was hype. It had everything I wanted to see in it. This is like the most excited I will be for now. It's far enough away right now that my hype's not out of control right now, but it will I already the day after the showcase, I went into work and I requested four days off of nice to exclusively <laughs> play rebirth. Um, when I played seven remake in 2020, it shot to the very, very top five. Wow. Of my favorite games of all time. I love seven remake so much. I love the original seven and I've, I mean, this will be four years now. My wife's taking off the same days really? as well. Yeah. Because we both played remake during COVID and it was just this phenomenal experience. And we were like, we can't wait for rebirth, which we didn't know was called rebirth at the time. It's been four years now. Um, so super excited for this. Been that long? I mean, yeah, it'll be four years once it's wow. remake. Wow. That's a, yeah. Wow. So this will probably be the most excited I've been for a game since man. I don't even know. Cause like I'll be Halo more excited three. for this May, I'm trying to think. There's probably something after it. No, I mean, like, I was probably more excited for... Halo 5? No, well, ugh. Yeah, honestly, you know what, dude? 2015. This will probably be the most excited I've been for a game since 2015. Wow. In 2015, in 2015, I was super hyped for Batman Arkham Knight, mm. uh, Halo 5 Guardians, and Fallout 4. All three games let me down. Yep, there we go. <laughs> I, I, I came back. I came back around on... Um, I actually came back around on Batman and Halo. Uh -huh. It's kind of Fallout that I haven't come back around on, which is strange because, like, I feel like Halo 5 is clearly the worst of those three, but mm. I really came around to, like, loving it for what it was. Um, awful story aside. Um, but, yeah, probably the most hyped I've been since... Because, like, before Halo 5 came out, I was still in that, like, even though I was an adult, in that, like, young, mature Halo hype mode where everything Halo just blew my mind. Mm. And, like, the Halo 5, like, buildup was so good. And then when the game came out, it was just so bad. The story and campaign was just so bad that yeah. it just changed my, like, I was like, I'm never going to get the hype to game for a game again. So probably be the most hyped I've been in nine years wow. for a game with Rebirth. Um, but, you know, I'm old enough to know that despite how good Rebirth looks and how good I think it'll be, it might suck. You never know. Sometimes they just drop the ball on a sequel. So I, uh, I, I don't think they will. No, no, I don't. I think it's going to be a banger. I don't think they could fuck that up. Unless they just, like, no. fuck the, the development up and you miss, like, all of the, uh, yeah. like, and they miss, like, a quarter of the game or something. I don't know. Like, you just, like, well, fa fact, phantom paint it. Parts, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and Joe, I don't know if you know this, but, like, and the first one's called Remake and the second one's called Rebirth because they're not remakes of the original. They're they're a continuation. I don't know if you knew that. So what do you mean they're a continuation? Like you, when you play a remake, you discover that the game takes place after seven. That's like the twist. Eh? Yeah. So what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. 
So it's not the remake in the first game is not referring to like it's a remake of seven. It's a reference to the in-game canon of Sephiroth trying to remake the events of the original. Oh wow, that's he like knows. that's meta as shit. Holy crap. Yeah, it's dude, really that, meta. So like, bro, that low-key like makes me want to play it. <laughs> dude, seriously, like Sephiroth knows that he got his ass kicked in the original. Oh wow. He's like, he's like screwing up with time to try to change the events of things. And all throughout remake, he's trying to get you to destroy like fate itself so that he can rewrite the timeline. So rebirth is like, like once you beat remake, he's he's successfully got you to like cut off fate. Right. It makes sense when you play the game. So rebirth is him like, all right, now I got you guys to screw up fate. I'm gonna screw with this timeline and things will happen in rebirth different than they did in the original. So it's not a remake, it's it's, it's a continuation, is what it is. Oh wow. Well, you it's heard awesome. it here first, guys. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm so stoked for this. Wow. Uh, I already, yeah, I, I'll get the. I, I'm not gonna get the special edition because I think it's like 350 bucks, and it's Ooh. mostly for a statue. Yeah, which I like that, but like, I just I can't buy a spend a console's worth on it. But, but anyways, Joe, to wrap this up, um, this was so state of play. There's less standards for a state of play yeah. than a showcase. For yeah. those of you that don't know. The showcase is what we had back in the summertime. Mm -hmm. That was longer, and there's a there's a promise of more with that. So the expectations are higher. So lower expectations for the state of play. Um, it was shorter. There, everything we saw here was even rebirth. This is stuff we've already seen. Rebirth, Spider Man, Helldivers two. We saw more of it, mm -hmm. but this is more of what we've already seen. So for me, I don't. What did you give the showcase, Joe? I gave the showcase a seven. Some people thought I was crazy for giving it a seven back in back in the summer. Uh, I give it a seven, but when I first watched it, I think I was harsh on it. Um, yeah, I think I was like a three or something like okay. that. Really down there, okay. which is really low because like I'm probably the like the biggest Sony fan. You probably know, yeah. maybe I don't know. Maybe like I'm up there, and yeah. so like for me to give it like a three on like straight out the gate, I was like, I remember just thinking like, what the fuck was that? You know, um, yeah. but I think. Having watched, having like settled down a little bit, relaxed, kind of looked at it retrospectively afterwards, I think I'd probably give it maybe like a four, maybe a five pushing it simply because like I had to take in, like I had to take all my subjectivity out of it. Like I had to take, I had to look yeah. at it from the fact that like this was a new era for, for PlayStation and they're trying to bridge into that live service side of things, yeah. even if I don't like it. Um, so I think this, I think the state of play was worse. Even mm. even when I say that there's different standards because one's a showcase, one's a state of play, I think this was worse. I think if you didn't have seven rebirth at the end, this would have looked like just trash, yeah. you know. And I'm not yeah. saying that everything in there is trash, but like as a show at all, as any kind yeah. of show, yeah, rebirth is really what made anyone walk away like super excited. I mean, Spider Man's almost out. Like we didn't even need to see more of that. So no. I would give this a five or a six for the state of play, mm. probably. So not I'd, very good. Yeah, not I'd as probably good give as it a four or five. Okay, like same kind of similar to the showcase, just because it gets that benefit of the doubt, like you said, of being a. a, a, a I just yeah. I was I didn't come out as disappointed as the showcase because it doesn't have that level of gravitas and that expectation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I wrote boring, underwhelming, and I literally wrote this like when I when I finished it. Why do I bother tuning in? 
You know, I know. I say that to myself most of the time. I actually, I said, I thought that was going to be the case this year for Xbox yeah. showcase, and, and I was, was the complete opposite, dude. I was like, I was like "Whoa, I'm so glad shit. I was here for this." I was like, "Yes, like they're coming out swinging, and they beat them." Like I straight, like I don't like this whole like let's put them against each other. But if I have to, like Xbox beat yeah. them on the showcase side of things for and sure. shit. Um, but yeah, for me, Sony are now two for two on disappointing showcases, and it, yeah. it's like I said earlier, like it's scaring me because. Even if they go the live service route and that go that gets popular with like marathon and everything and like obviously the faction stuff that comes out once Bungie give it the okay, um, like that isn't the Sony I want to see. <laughs> like I'll be honest, I know it's essential for them, but if they go full on live service and they don't have any of the narrative stuff from their AAA scene, like no more Last of Us, which I don't think this will happen, but no more Last of Us Part Three because that needs finishing up in my opinion as a story. Um, you know, Ghost Tsushima 2, which is already obviously already in development. You know, none of these things, If hypothetically, if this was to happen, I would be very, very disappointed. Um, yeah. On one hand, I, I want to say they need to turn it around in 2024, but the, the sad truth is is that they're, they're just riding the success so well that I, I don't think anyone other than people that are, like, passionate about this industry yeah. is really seeing an issue here. I think I could go to any of the guys I just work with, mm -hmm. and they would just think Sony's great because Sony's, you know, it's a cool system, and the uh, the games that come out for it are cool, and mm. then that's that. And I, it's still been the case this year. Final Fantasy 16, the Spider-Man, and we still got Rebirth and Helldivers 2 coming next year. So I, I think um, as far as the insiders kind of go, we're going to be disappointed if they don't turn it around soon. I would hope next year early on they have something that mm. goes to show what their other studios yeah. are working on. Yeah. Where's Ghost of Tsushima 2? Where's, where's what Naughty Dog's working yeah. on? Where's what... Um, oh, they got something of Santa Monica. Like, yeah, are they yeah. doing a spinoff or anything like that? So... Mm. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. But Joe, uh, before you take us out of here, do you want to like give, I mean, what's what can people expect from Critical Frames going forward? Well, essentially, when we started, when we thought about Critical Frames, we were, we wanted to do something that was bite-sized, that was fast, that was effective, and not something that trongles on for too long. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I Actually, think... Actually, supposed to be a lot shorter than this, come to think. Yeah. Of, so. But I mean, this is a pretty big episode. It's coming a out lot of, swinging. A lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah it, it was a pretty big uh, Friday. But um, yeah, essentially, the future of Critical Frames will be, I don't know, maybe one to four episodes a week of very strong uh, news stories. And we'll, we'll carefully handpick the largest ones in, in the week for you. Um, Probably less than an hour for the episodes. Less than an hour each time, definitely. And uh, yeah, that's what you can expect. So if you like something that's bite-sized, that will get you to, you know, you work in, you know, for something that's, you know, just 45 minutes and doesn't go on too long, like I said, then Critical Frames is uh, is where you need to be. Cool. Yeah, so this, this was an awesome first episode to start us off. Uh, my understanding is that you have, like, our our stuff like shouting out where to find us and all that you have that done some other place right yeah but i'll take us okay. out with kind of a little bit more okay so is right, there anything well, else you want to say i say for those of you that don't know um i'm brian i if you've ever uh listened to sacred icon which it's not like it's big enough that anybody's just gonna know what that is but like if you um if you like halo or you've you've known of me doing podcasting i've been doing sacred icon podcast mm -hmm. for years yep. that's how i met joe um, and then <clears throat> Joe is, has been doing like video, video editing and stuff for sacred icon and helping me out with a lot of stuff. And, but, uh, we decided we wanted to get together to do something that was a little different. Like, like Joe said, like bite-sized gaming news mm -hmm. and then have it up on YouTube and on podcasts, like right from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just with all the experience we already have going into something new rather than having to learn it along the way. So exactly. over to you, Joe, and, and you can take us out. 
yeah, so uh, before we get out of here, we obviously hope you enjoyed the, uh, as it were, pilot episodes of Critical Frames. Yeah. Um, we will be back very soon with more news from the gaming industry. Um, if you do want to connect with us outside of the podcast episodes, please do feel free to head over to the Twitter or X, as they call it nowadays, um, and follow us uh, at Critical Frames. Um, for all the video eye candy stuff, if you're listening on uh, uh, podcast uh, services, then uh, make sure you obviously head over to our YouTube channel by the same name, Critical Frames. And if you want to go the extra mile, because you're extra awesome, travel to patreon.com slash Critical Frames yeah. as well. Um, thank you all for watching. Stay safe. And remember, it's not important you tune in. It's critical. Bye-bye. There it is. See you guys. Peace. Critical Frames, a bite-sized video game news podcast, is recorded transnationally between the United Kingdom and the United States of America. The show is written, directed, produced, and edited by myself, Joseph Smalley, as well as being conceived in partnership with the show's co-host, Brian Arvett. All of Critical Frames' music is by Charlie Bethencourt. 